One of the, my favorite movies from my childhood uh, was Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. I think it was my favorite of the Indiana Jones trilogy, now quadrilogy, I guess, is what it would be. Now there's another one that really doesn't count because it's so bad. But anyway, um, you know, I loved... Sean Connery as, as Henry Jones Jr. Sean Connery's good in anything, uh, but I love Sean Connery in that. I love Harrison Ford. It's like he was made to be Indiana Jones, you know. Um, I enjoyed the, the quest, you know, that religious quest where they got to go through all these different adventures. They're in the sewers of Venice and all kinds of crazy stuff looking for this night. And, and uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of a MacGuffin. Does anybody know what a MacGuffin is? Didn't think so, okay? It's a weird term. It's a movie term, and it basically talks about that object or device that simply exists to drive the plot along, okay? So in that movie, the MacGuffin is the Holy Grail, okay? It could be anything. In fact, in every one of the Indiana Jones movies, uh, they just pick a different MacGuffin, just a different thing. He's got to chase, got to hunt down. It doesn't matter what the MacGuffin is, really. That's just what makes Indiana Jones have to go do all the cool stuff. Well, the, the MacGuffin is the Holy Grail. They call it the Cup of Christ. And it's a chalice that supposedly caught the blood of Christ at the crucifixion. And the legend had it that it, whoever drank from the cup, it would give them eternal life. Well, as Indiana Jones movies go, Indy and the bad guy are both searching for the Holy Grail. And in every one of the movies, coincidentally, Indy and the bad guy always get to the Holy Grail at the exact same time. Like, it's really, really coincidental that way. It must, it's like it's plan to be that way or something and so they bust into this room this ancient room and there's a shelf full of different cups and chalices and an old ancient knight who's been granted eternal or long life from drinking out of the out of the holy grail for centuries and centuries and he's from the last one of the last crusades and he they walk in and and basically he says you've got to choose the cup you choose a cup, you take a drink, and the one who chooses the right cup will be granted long life, and the one who chooses the wrong cup, it will take from you your life. And so the bad guy here, by the way, maybe you remember this guy, that guy from Indiana Jones, right? And then this guy has the most quotable lines in the whole entire movie, maybe even the entire Indiana Jones series. These are things me and my wife say all the time because um, the bad guy runs up and he picks this cup and he takes a big swig and the knight says... You have chosen poorly. And the guy grossly turns into a skeleton and then dust and blows away. And then Indiana walks around, he picks up this cup and he takes a swig and then he looks at the knight like, well, well. And the man says, you have chosen wisely, right? And so Abby and I say this kind of stuff all the time. Like, for instance, if I'm in our house and we got a bulb burns out, I try to get on that quick. So if I run over and I grab that bulb that just burned out and I start to unscrew it and it's too hot and I go, oh, ow, she'll look at me and go, you have chosen poorly, you know? <laughs> so we, we use these lines all the time in our house. And, um, you know, I, it's funny because in that moment it's like you want to laugh because she said something funny, but at the same time it's like, oh, you got me, you got me, you got me good there. Um, so we say this all the time. Well, today we're, gonna, we're getting to this fourth part of a lesson series that we are simply calling Basics. And um, we're talking about the basics of our faith, okay? And today we're talking about everyone's favorite subject, which is ourselves. We've talked about God. We've talked about the word through which he spoke to humanity. Well, now we're talking about humanity itself. 
And so I just want to look a little bit about how God shapes us and how that works with our relationship with Him, how that makes our relationship with Him. So if you want to grab a Bible, we're going to be in Genesis for just a bit. Genesis, in fact, this is the easiest place in the book of Genesis to find. We're in Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 26. You will be on page 1 of most Bibles. Definitely of the Pew Bibles, so everybody can find that and follow along. If you don't have a Bible, that Black Pew Bible is near you for your use. The verses will also be on the screen. Um, if you don't own a Bible at all, you take that black one home with you. That's, that's our gift to you. Don't feel like you're stealing from us. We'd rather you have um, God's Word, and we've got plenty of Bibles. We'll also be in Deuteronomy in a few minutes if you want to put your finger back in Deuteronomy. That's on page 156 in the, in the Pew Bibles. Okay, so Genesis chapter 1. 26. This is after God, we get the story of him creating the whole earth, and he's made the sun and the stars and light and dark, and uh, he's made ground and sea and animals that fly and animals that crawl on the ground and things that fish, uh, swim in the ocean and all of that. And so this is kind of the end of the creation account, the end of God's work. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so we learned that primarily, this is, and this is relatively simple, that you know, as a Christian, you shouldn't be shocked that I would teach this, humans were created by God. And as symbol of, of a thing as that is, it's a huge idea that affects our lives. It affects how we interact with God. It affects how we live every single day. This simple idea that we were created by God because there's something that comes from being created and from him being a creator that really changes the dynamic of the relationship because didn't, he didn't just create us, but creator equals owner, Right? And that's not a hard concept for us to really get in any area of life. I mean, if you make something, that's yours. Okay, my dad, uh, years ago, he bought a bunch of boxes of junk, rusty old brown slash red junk. And through the course of years, he assembled all that, uh, that junk into a 1932 Model A Ford. And it's a beautiful car. It's awesome. That's what uh, Abby and I used to ride away at our wedding and... And it's a beautiful car. Well, that's my dad's car. Why? Because he made it. He built it. Okay? He didn't maybe manufacture all the parts, but some of them he had to. Okay? But he put it together with his own two hands. It's his car. Okay? You make it. You own it. And again, that's not a hard concept to get. Um, and one place where this, um, I told you this story, I think, two or three years ago. But it's so funny to me. Um, a photographer was out in the jungle. This is a true story. He was out in the jungle. And he was just trying to get pictures of the jungle, of wildlife and stuff, right? And all of a sudden, this group of monkeys come up, and they're fascinated by what he's doing. And so he just kind of steps back, and they walk up to his camera, and they're making faces at it. And they're just, like, hitting it and stuff. And one of the monkeys takes a selfie. Okay? So he gets this monkey selfie, right? And he takes it back, and he puts it on his website, and he puts the whole story there about, hey, how many people in the world have a monkey selfie? Isn't this a really cool picture? Because, I mean, it's in focus. I mean, it's a really, really great shot. By the way, some people are sticklers. Maybe that's a primate, not a monkey. I really can't tell the difference. But anyway, um, so this monkey takes a picture of itself. He puts the story on the Internet. And then, not too long after that, Wikipedia takes his picture and starts using it on some of their content. 
Well, he says, whoa, 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 you just stole my picture. That's copyright infringement. You took my picture. And so the whole thing goes to court, right? And the judge decides, no, this isn't your picture because the picture belongs to the person who presses the button on the camera. Who pressed the button on the camera? The monkey. And guess copyright law only protects human photographers, not animal photographers. So the judge deemed that this was public domain. This was property that anybody could use. We could put this as the background of our website and nobody can say boo. Okay? Because creator equals owner. That's how things work. And again, we are okay with that when we look at how we make things with our hands, but do you ever really think that you are owned, you are a possession that is of God? And not only that, but just like when we own something, we get to determine how it is used and how it functions. God should be having the right, God should have the right to determine how we live our lives and how we go about our day-to-day activities. He should be able to say what we should do, shouldn't do, what we can do and can't do. And yet, we struggle with that. I mean, it makes sense. He, he made us. He owns us. He should determine what we do, how we live. That's why the the commands in the Bible, that's why God has the right to tell us not to lie, not to cheat, not to steal, not to do all of these things that we deep down know that we shouldn't do anyway. But there's this part of us that sometimes we don't want to do what God wants us to do. We don't want to follow all those lame commands in the Bible that restrict us because God just wants to take away all of our fun or however you see it. But even for those of us who are Christians, who want to follow God, who actually acknowledge he made us, he determines my life, he should guide my life. Even those of us who follow God find it incredibly hard to continually and consistently follow him. Why is that? Because God gave us an incredible gift when he made us, something that is special, that is unique, that is powerful, and it's this. God gave us the ability to choose. Some call it free will, but God gave us the ability to choose. Now, I will say, not all Christians believe that free will is a thing. Um, there are some Christians who believe that basically God made uh, everything kind of predestined, everything's going to play out a certain way, and that we just kind of have the illusion that we're making the right choices, but really we didn't have a choice to begin with. Um, I struggle to believe that. There are places where the word predestined shows up in Scripture, and I wrestle with those places, but there's just so many other places in Scripture where it looks like God saying, hey, here's road A and road B. Pick one. There's just too many places like that. I can't, I can't get over it. One of them is in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 26 through 28. This is God speaking to the Israelites, and he's talking about how he's going to one day take them to this promised land where he's going to bless them. He gave, he's going to give them a piece of real estate where they can live and be an actual country. And he says this, See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. Okay, see? Road A, road B. He says the blessing, if, see, if to me sounds like there's an option. If to me sounds like God is giving us the ability to pick this one or that one. If says there's, a, there's an option that we might not do what God wants us to do. He says, if you obey the commandments of the Lord, your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord, your God, but turn aside from the way that I am commanding you. So God gives us this ability to choose. You're going to follow me? You're going to obey me? You're going to do what I say for you? Because I'm the owner. I'm the maker. I'm the creator. I have the right to tell you what to do. Will you listen or will you not listen? Will you obey? Free choice. Free will. And not only does God give us this ability to, to pick which one we prefer, 
okay, and weigh our options. But think about this. Here's, here's something else God did when he gave human beings free choice. And this is, this, is bi- this is a big deal. When God gave us free choice, he was limiting himself. He was delegating certain actions to us. Because basically, we have the right to pick the right thing or the wrong thing in all kinds of situations, and God will not intervene in most cases. Now, there are miracles that happen. I'm not going to say that God doesn't show up and you know, break into human history. But for the most part, in your day-to-day life, you can choose to do good things or bad things, and God steps back because he has given you that right, that gift to choose. That's a risky huge thing that God has given us in this ability to choose. He, it's basically, it kind of reminds me, uh, this past week, we took the training wheels off James's bike. And he has never been on anything two-wheeled. His sense of balance is rotten. And so I'm sitting there holding the, the bike seat and, one, and on the handles as he's pedaling along trying to figure out where the center of gravity is, you know. And the gift, ability to choose is that first time I let go of the bike. At that moment, he can either take off and, and, and cruise, or he's going to wreck and get hurt. God gives you that power. I mean, think about that. Is, that is almost God-like power in, in, a little, in small senses that God places into our hands. We can go out and hurt people if we just get that nasty feeling to want to go out and hurt people. And God gave you that power to make that choice. God gives you the power to walk out and bless people and change the lives of other people through generosity and through kindness. He gave you that incredible power. Every single day when you wake up, that power is yours. Now, that's the tricky part, though, because every day, every single day, you are going to face at least a dozen, if not more, little forks in the road where you get to decide, am I going to honor God? Am I going to be the man or the woman that he made me to be? Or am I going to say, eh, forget about him, I want to do what I want to do? Uh, when I was in college, I was on my internship, uh, Abby and I had dated for about a year or so, and there was this like four-month period where we broke up, and something happened when I was on my internship that had never happened to me before. I wouldn't even get it. It's the weirdest night of my life, I think, to this point in my life, and so I, uh, I was at home, and this girl from my internship, she was a few years older than me, she was pretty, she texted me, and I was trying to be nice and decline, but somehow she invited herself over to my house, and the next thing I knew, she was there, and it was, I was like, I don't know what to do. I thought I said everything I could say to make her not come over to my house. I don't know what's going on. I was very unsure, and she shows up at my house, and I have no plans, so I just put on a movie, and we sat down on my ultra-cool futon in my room, you know, at my mom and dad's house, because I was living the dream on a futon, apparently, and so she was on one end, and I sat all the way on the other end. And at some point in the middle of the night, she looks over at me in the middle of the movie, I mean, and she says, can we just talk about the elephant in the room? What, what elephant in the room? And she says, the fact that we both really want to kiss. <laughs> and it's like, I, okay, she's on my internship, I've known her, but I have never in my life had anyone ever like throw themselves at me. I'm in all new water here, okay, I have no idea what to do, <laughs> but all I know is this is a bad idea. And I go, and that's what I said. I said, well, that would be a bad idea. <laughs> Maybe that's not tactful. I don't know. And then she starts talking, and over the course of a little conversation, she basically tells me that the night is an open door for me to have it be whatever I want it to be. It's a terrifying invitation for a guy who's trying to follow God and is yet at the tail end of puberty. That's terrifying. And so here I am. i got a choice to make. <laughs> What am I going to be? Because I'm going to go back to my internship. 
that next Monday, you know, and I'm gonna and someone's gonna know about it. You know, you know how it is. Everybody knows stuff. And uh, and so I just said, I don't think we should do anything like that. And I did. The only thing I could do is I sat and crossed my arms, not like this casually, but like I'm terrified. <laughs> like I'm terrified. And I sat there and I like turned my knees away from her. And I was trying to be, because it's like, I don't know, there's something in me. I was still trying to be polite. I didn't want to be rude. How do you decline this? I should have just said, no, maybe you should go. That's what I should have said. But outside of that, I made the best possible choice I could. I sat there uncomfortably until she finally left. That's what I did, right? And so by God's grace, in that moment, I made the right choice. But I'll tell you what, there was a couple times where I was scared that I didn't have the ability to. Every day we are faced with choices, big and small honor God or d- dishonor God and to and, and we are going to face that little voice in our head that says you have chosen poorly or you have chosen wisely and so you know I have a that again I told you one of the stories where I actually made the right choice I have dozens more of where I've made the wrong choice and it's hurt me and the people around me and my relationship with God um, but I want to tell you I like telling you ones where I actually made a victory okay uh, rather than all the ones where I failed. But in every one of the stories where I failed, in every one of the stories where I chose poorly, there's something deeper going on in me than just making a choice. It's me ignoring my owner. It's me disregarding, rejecting the will and the commands of my creator. The Bible calls this type of disobedience sin. And we're all guilty of ignoring God. We're all guilty of, of taking the road that he doesn't want us to take and rejecting his plans for our life and sinning against him. We're all guilty of that. And next week, we're actually going to talk about how God handles it when we make poor choices. But, but one of the blessings God gives us when we become Christians, so for those of you in the room that, for the, that are Christians, this part applies to you. When we become Christians, God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. In, in fact, a part of God comes and lives inside of you and me to give us the strength and the ability to make better choices that we maybe could not have made before when sin had its hold on us before we gave our lives to Jesus. The Holy Spirit gives us strength. But again, the Holy Spirit does not override the gift of choice that God has given us. So even as Christians, we can choose to ignore God's will. Even though our ability and our strength is stronger, we have more power to do the right thing, we can still ignore God and do some incredibly boneheaded things with our life. And so if you're a Christian, every day you're going to find yourself at those crossroads. I don't know, it could be one, could be two, could be a dozen or more, where you will either be the person God made you to be or you will selfishly deny your maker, and you will do what feels good to you. So you'll face a crossroads when your boss asks you to do something unethical. Uh, you'll face a crossroads when you accidentally bump that car in the parking lot, and no one saw you, and you could probably get away and never get in any trouble but the right thing to do is to leave a note. The honest thing, the integ- integrity move is to leave a note. You'll face a crossroads every time you get home from work and you're so, so incredibly tired. All you want to do is you want to sit on the couch. But you know the right thing to do is to engage in your family, to invest in your marriage, to invest in your relationship with your kids or your grandkids, however that works. You face a crossroads when your kids are driving you nuts and you get the decide, am I going to scream at them in rage or am I going to actually parent them in that moment. You face a crossroad when someone flirts with you and opens a door that you know you should not go through. You face a crossroads every time you make a phone call 
to one of those irritating computer press a dozen numbers before you get to talk to a person things, and, and they play music that makes you want to cut your ears off. And by the time somebody answers that phone, you have a choice whether you're, you're going to unload all of your frustration on them or you're going to realize they didn't pick the number, they didn't make me put on hold, they're just trying to help, and you can be nice and treat them like a human being who has value and worth as someone else created by God. You have a choice. Every day, your life is made up of dozens of choices, and that is a, the ability and the gift that God has given you. And every day of my life, those choices will either bring me closer to God or they will lead me farther away from being the man that he made me to be. Because every choice, no matter how small, listen to this, every choice, whether it's a big monumental choice that you will spend days losing sleep over, or whether it's something that you do without even thinking about it, every single choice, whoops, I skipped part, every single choice is a step towards or a step away from God. That's what our life is. Your life is, you're nothing more than the choices that you make. The direction you end up is nothing more than the choices you make, the big and the small. Every choice is a decision to move in a direction. And so we have the option. God has given us the powerful ability. Are we going to move toward him, toward the person that he made us to be, or will we move who knows where, anywhere else that we want to go? Now, if you're a Christian, I don't want you to neglect the choices that you make every day, the big ones or the small ones. Those choices absolutely 100% direct the, cho the, the course of your life. I wonder how many people, you know, get to those big moments and they say, where's God right now? Why isn't God in, in my life right now? Where's God in all of this? When you've spent the last 5, 10, 15 years moving in the opposite direction of him. And then when you are in a big moment and you need a choice and you need to hear from God and you can't hear him. Maybe it's because you're too far away. Maybe it's because you've spent all your energy going away from him. The choices determine where you end up. The decisions you make every day. Will I step closer to God and being the woman and the man that he made me to be? Or will I just live for me? But you know what? You weren't made by you. You weren't made for you. You were made by God, created by God, and creator equals owner. And I'm sorry if you don't like the idea of thinking that you're owned by someone else, but that doesn't change the fact that it's true. God is, our, is the one who gets to direct our lives. But lucky for you and lucky for me, God loves us. And when he tells us the ways to go, when we listen to him and make those hard decisions to do the right thing, over and over again, he, that leads us to a life where we are so much more blessed, so much more joyful than we would have been have we just wandered off following whatever cravings our guts came up with. So will you make the right choices? You were made to walk a certain road that God puts before you. So will you choose wisely or will you choose poorly? up to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this choice that you've given us, this ability, this free will. Now, maybe somebody else is right, and every decision I make, it's all an illusion, and you, you're just leading me to you regardless of myself, but I, I can't deny the fact that it feels like you've given me the right to choose. I can't deny the struggle that exists when in my own heart when I'm at a crossroads of doing the right thing and doing the thing that's going to feel right to me. So Father, help me in those moments of decision, those moments of choice. Give me 
eyes that will understand that even the small choices, how I treat somebody when I'm getting coffee or how I treat somebody at the bank uh, that's going to cash my check or deposit something for me, all those choices are a choice to either honor you and take a step closer to being who you made us to be or a step away from you. And, and Man, if we have given our lives to you, Father, for those in the room that are Christians, I pray that you would convict us that we need to move without, without exception toward you that we should have a deep desire to move towards you without exception. And so I pray that we would be people who listen to the Holy Spirit's promptings in us, the, the times the Holy Spirit nudges us towards the right thing. And I pray we would have the strength and the fortitude by your grace and by your mercy to do what's right, to ignore our, our gut cravings and to do what's right. So thank you, Father, for that ability to choose, and thank you for a church full of people who can help us make the right decisions when maybe we don't know because I don't always know what's right but maybe I can go to someone here and ask for advice and their clarity as they see you might help me make the right choice so thank you for the church thank you for uh, this calling thank you for this incredible responsibility to choose and to determine the direction our lives go may we determine that our lives move daily closer to you Thank you for Jesus and the salvation that comes through him even though we've made bad choices and the, re and the redemption that he makes available to each and every one of us even though we've all failed at this choice thing. Thank you for him. May we please understand the power of his salvation and what it means for a world full of sinners. I pray that as we talk about that next week and as we open up the idea of how you've rescued us in our moments of failure, I pray that we can understand just the joy and, the, and be grateful for what you've given us in him. So thank you for free will, thank you for choices, and thank you for Jesus that comes in even when we make the bad ones. We pray all this in his good and holy name. Amen.